This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast, a weekly podcast for educators who don't have time to listen to a podcast, kind of like us. Each week we'll cover a different topic in education in just about five to ten minutes. Our goal is to share bite-sized chunks of professional development so you can join us, whether you're driving your kids around, preparing dinner, making copies during prep, or really doing just about anything. This is PD for real teachers who are real tired, coming to you from Nevada, Colorado, and Florida. Welcome to another guest episode of the Undercaffeinated Podcast. Today I'm talking to Melody McAllister. I met Melody in the Edumatch Authors Voxer group and I actually had to confirm that with her because it kind of feels like we've known each other a little bit longer than just these last couple of months. (laughs) And in her words, we hit it off and I'm not going to finish that sentence. (laughs) Anyway, I'm so excited to have Melody on to talk about her new book, The I'm Sorry Story. So hi, Melody. Hey, Erin. Thank you so much for having me on here. You're awesome. Oh, no, you are. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, so before we you know, get into your book, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, personal, professional, all of that kind of fun stuff? Yeah. So um, I taught in Texas. I started in 2004, and um, I, always, I always forget how many years, but I started in a little town called Pottsboro, Texas, and then I married my husband in 2007, and yeah, 2007, and then I moved to Garland and worked there for a number of years, and I've always been like in the intermediate grades, but last year I did first grade, Ooh. and this year, we um, in March of 2019, we moved to Alaska, so I have been homeschooling my own children, uh, and they are in grades fifth grade, third, first, and preschool, and then I have a two-year-old, so he just hangs around with us and cries a lot, but and I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking. He's pretty easy. He's pretty easy. Um, it's actually the four-year-old. No, I'm just kidding, um, but no, it's great, and so I'm homeschooling them, and I may go back into the public um, classroom next year. I'm not really sure. That's kind of undecided at this point, um, and I also am like a part-time kind of working from home as logistics manager for EduMatch Publishing. Yes, yeah, so you can find Melody's picture on the EduMatch Publishers books website if you want to put a face to the name, um, like immediately, like right now, Google that. Right, or <laughs> at MJ McCallie on Twitter. See, there you go. So um, M-J-M-C-A-L-L-I. Yes, ma'am. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about your book, The I'm Sorry Story. I'm really excited to just kind of dive a little bit deeper and find out some more of about this book. So um, I really liked your characters. Like I, I saw, because I taught fifth grade for one mm-hmm. year, I taught fourth grade for a number of years, and I... I 
I saw my kids in your characters. So can you tell me like, a, just tell me about your characters because they were, they're, they're real life. Well, I, I'm so glad you're saying that. That makes me feel um, like, okay, great. It's hitting home. So yeah, I taught fourth and fifth grade for a number of years and um, social emotional skills were always probably the most important part of teaching because you can't even make it through a lesson if your kids are, um, you know, fighting with each other or so-and-so is mad at something. I mean, it's, it can just be a real mess. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I had this story just um, in my mind and I was pregnant with my oldest child. And I thought, you know, I better just get this out of my head. And because when she comes, I'm not gonna have any time. <laughs> so I wrote this story and I mean, it was, that was over 11 years ago. And so it looked a little bit different and the characters were a little bit different and they had different names at that time. But I literally wrote it for my fifth grade students that year and i went back to school the next day and there were no illustrations or anything and i just read that story to them actually i think i put it up on the um projector so that they could read along with me Very and good. i read it to them and uh they were like uh, miss McAllister, how did you know how did you know <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like well actually because i've been watching you and i've been teaching for a number of years at that point um but it really hit home and of course discussion came about that. And one of the biggest things was how to, you know, take ownership. Just saying that you're wrong is a big deal, right? You know, for anybody, for any age group. Agreed. It's, it's hard. And if you don't, you don't teach kids that when they're younger, they grow into adults that sometimes don't learn how to do that. And that is infuriating. I think talking with people that can never take ownership for a hurt that they inflict on people. Right. So, no, I agree. Or, yeah, or just flippantly saying sorry. I grew up with somebody like that very close to me who hurt and hurt and hurt, and it was just a flippant sorry, which meant absolutely nothing. And I think that we've all experienced that too. I agree. I agree that, that the words I'm sorry have so much power behind them if they're genuinely used. Mm -hmm. But they're so easily said that if you continue to say them without actually meaning them, it loses, it, it, right. it's, it's, it's pointless to say it if you don't actually mean it. Right. So in your story, there is some of that. So then as the characters go on, you know, and it, 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 I don't want to tell your story, but as the characters go on, like there's this realization, I guess. And mm -hmm. I understood the realization of, say the main character and like how Ryan. he grew but there was some additional growth in some of the other characters um, and I, one of the things that really kind of hit home for me because I identified with them because if somebody apologizes to me I just like I, I for whatever reason, I don't want them to feel bad that they hurt my feelings. So I kind of dismiss it with a, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. But I see my friends who accept apologies and I'm like, I, I feel like you're so strong for being able to say, yes, you did hurt me. Yes, I'm accepting your apology. So can you talk about that? Because I did see that in the story because I related to it so much. Well, and, and thank you for pointing that out. It, it is really an important piece. 
I want children to know that number one, um, accepting an apology is a choice that they get to make. Mm -hmm. We, even though we sometimes teach kids how to apologize like little robots, you say, I'm sorry, then they say, I forgive you. I mean, we teach them the process and I get that, but sometimes um, we forget that they are going to develop emotion. It can't be robotic and still be genuine. And so what I try to do in the book, Ryan is the main character, and when he starts to learn how to take ownership and then actually apologize, and then they're like, it's okay. I, I have always taught kids, it is never okay for somebody to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And when you say that's okay, then it, it just goes against, it's like you're saying it's okay that you hurt me. And that goes against you as a person. Right. And it's never okay for somebody to hurt you, knowingly hurt you, unknowingly hurt you. And that's your time to stand up and say, like you said, your friends do. Yes, you hurt me. And um, and then I also, you don't have to forgive somebody immediately. I mean, I hope that's a discussion that um, one of the questions that I put at the end of the book, I want kids to know that you don't always have to feel, you know, like you're forgiving somebody immediately. Because you and I know as adults, it's, it takes when somebody, the deeper the wound, mm -hmm. the longer time it takes to really heal from that. And, and forgiveness is a choice. And there are people that don't forgive or they have to go through certain therapies um, to, to forgive somebody. And I just don't want that to ever be like um, a quick happily ever after it's done. Right. Because that's not how real life works. And I want that to kind of be a discussion that teachers and students or parents and students can have with each other when they read this book. Right. No, I think that's fantastic. And I think it's, it's a great scaffold, right? Because if at their age with their peers, some of those smaller hurts, they're mm. taking the time to accept that I'm going to forgive you, but I'm still hurting and that it's okay right. to feel that way. And it's okay to have that discussion. Then when the bigger hurts do come as you get older or as more negative things happen, like they understand that that's okay to, right. to have those discussions. So I, I thought that that was fantastic. Thank you for kind of explaining all of that. And I, um, I want your book. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to thank you. There. You're like, so sweet. You're going to get a book. Believe me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I'm going to buy one. <laughs> I mean, these are things, I mean, I know my son is only, uh, you know, 18 months or whatever, but they're things that like, I already tell him, I'm sorry. And mm. while he doesn't necessarily understand that they are things that I just want instilled in him. And so I think that this, is, it would be a really good book to have and continue to have those discussions as he grows. Um, so I, I can't, I can't think of another book where that strategy and then the, the genuine emotion discussion are both layered in there. Like, let me teach you the strategy of I'm sorry, I forgive you, as well as the purposeful discussion that needs to happen while you have that structure in place. Like, it's fantastic. Right. Well, thank you. And I think you're doing a great job talking with your son, even thank you. as young as he is. And, and, and that's something that I have with my own kids. I mean, I mess up all the time. And, um, you know, especially being home with them, my temper, it's, it's a lot quicker. Right. And when you're in the classroom with other people's kids, it's easier to be nice to those kids. But when you're with your own children 
and believe me, we have conversations and I, you know, we're talking to each other um, all the time. I think conversation is super powerful. Mm -hmm. And um, that's your kids, whether they're your students or whether they're your own children, they see your actions and they're more likely to emulate that more than anything. And so when we have discussions about um, why I'm sorry or why they are sorry um, and how can we make this right, you know, that's really, that's an important step. Like if I can make this right, sometimes you can't make it right. Right. But sometimes you can, and that should be an avenue worth exploring. And so those are kinds of conversations that I have with my own children. And every once in a while, before somebody tattles on another person, <laughs> I actually hear them talking and saying, I'm like, it might be Madeline and Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. I know I hurt you when I blah, 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 blah. And, and that he's like, thank you. And I forgive you or whatever. I've actually heard these conversations and I'm just like, okay, thank you, God. I'm doing one thing right in my life. <laughs> You're doing many things right in your life, but I, I, I do understand. Like it's just such a feeling of pride when you see the feeling of pride when you see what you're teaching your students is like magnified a million times when you see that coming through your own children. Yes. Um, I think part of it because we're a little bit harder on ourselves with our own children as well. Um, Yes. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so just thank you. (laughs) Um, so another question I have, um, for you, and this is more, we are in another Voxer group with some other authors and, and friends where, you know, there's feedback. Part of, part of the writing process is getting that critical feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And so you had Voxed like, okay. I appreciate this feedback, that sort of thing. You're asking questions. And then you had made a comment about it helped you go back to your why. And I knew we were going to be on the podcast, so that's why I didn't ask in the box. (laughs) But (laughs) what is your why? And how exactly did that critical feedback bring you back to it? Right. So... Um, I mean, I have never published a book before, like on my own, I've contributed to a couple and I'm contributing to yours. So I'm so excited about that. Me too. But it is like, it's, it's just a lot of things that you have to put into place and you get really excited and, and I'm thinking I'm so close. And then a couple of people are like, well, okay, I had a real problem with this and I had a real problem with this. And at one point, and this, one of the things that actually made my story even greater, um, was another author who said, these things are just not making sense to me. And because I loved this person and I admired this person, um, I took that and I went back into my story and I was able to make some edits that actually made my story incredibly stronger. And everybody in the group actually, um, what is the word, um, validated that. When they reread the story, they liked it. But then when they reread it with the edits, they said, this is even better. And so I was really thankful for her critical feedback. And um, I had to take some time and think about that. Um, Then I got some more um, feedback and that was regarding my illustrations and it was not great. And I already knew like, you know, you can't please everybody. You just do what you can doing your very best Mm -hmm. and um, you want people to get the message. But when I did get this other feedback, I started to wonder like, am I, I guess that imposter syndrome. Um, 
I started to really doubt myself. So I brought it back to the group and I said, this is what somebody said. Um, you know, how do you feel about this? And um, my, my group that you're in really supported mm -hmm. me, but I also started to go back and I, I thought, um, why did I write this story? Um, I wrote this story for students. I wrote this story for teachers and parents to be able to have great dialogue with young people who are trying um, you know, to navigate through difficult times. And the message that I was receiving from my author friends was that that message was there. Yeah. And then I started thinking about my illustrations. My illustrator is a teammate with me or was a teammate. We both taught fifth grade together for a couple of years. And when we sat down to talk about the illustrations, we both thought, let's model it after the students in our school because they are beautiful and they are wonderful. And, um, and so we did, that was the heart of our story. And um, so when somebody very, uh, who was trying to help me did not like my um, illustrations, I had to go back and I had to start thinking, but these illustrations came from somebody who knew my story. And every time I see these illustrations, I'm looking at faces that I taught or kids that I hugged in the, in the hallway. And so it may not appeal to everybody, sure, but it brought me back to, I wrote the story for those ones. Right. You know, and um, so, and that just made me fall in love with it all over again. And I started to feel super confident that there are going to be kids and, and other people that this touches. And that was what it was all about in the first place. That's why I wanted to share it, because when you are a writer, you just have all of this in you and you want to put it out there. And it's really scary. And, you, you know, we all know that not everybody is going to accept it or get the message that you want to put out there. But there's going to be a few. Right. And if there are a few that it resonates with and that it touches and that it helps to helps kids develop along the way, then I have done my job. And um, and I had to refocus back on that. And um, that was like a gift to me because the process of getting your book released can be really tedious in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And that just brought it right back into my forefront and my focus. And and I was glad I was at first I was like, oh, my gosh. But then. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? But it yeah. like turned a negative turn into a positive. So well, and you're very, for it. you're very good at that. You're very good at taking critical feedback and saying, how can I spin this so that it is is beneficial, whether it's to make edits or to find your your why or, you know, whatever it is, you're very good at putting that positive, finding the silver lining. Totally well, thank you, Erin. Yeah. I, and I have to say that it's my faith in God that always gets me right back when I, I mean, it's not me. It's always outside of me. So uh, I, I happen to agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have one more question, Melody, as we kind of wrap up. So you said that recently you moved to Alaska, mm -hmm. right? That's a big move that as especially from Texas, that most people would not, like that just, that wouldn't be on their radar. So cool. Like that, I want to find out more. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so now is where are you moving next? Oh my gosh. Where am I moving next? Um, okay. So we are committed here for at least three years. Okay. And, um, I want to move to the desert. <laughs> Somewhere really hot. 
No, I, I, we may go back to Texas, but I'm like, hey, I'd love to live in Nevada I, or Arizona. Those are my two tops right now. Gotcha. But that may be because I'm in the heart of winter and it's very cold here. And I just spent an entire week with negative um, zero temperatures, like negative 15. And I have never, like, I never, yeah, no, I just don't do well <laughs> like that. So, well, <laughs> well, so, right, Ashley, Joel, and I are all obviously not currently in, but from Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. I can tell you, like, we're all like, oh, Vegas has cold winters. Yeah, not compared to where you're at. No, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> and I did, I did grow up in the Midwest, and I do remember, this is for real, um, I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri, and I would literally stand outside in negative 25 degree wind chill weather, wind chills. And I mean, it was very snowy then. And I still think sometimes the Midwest gets um, hit harder than even Alaska, like where I am in Anchorage, mm -hmm. um, not Fairbanks. Um, so, and even last year when we moved here in March, Minnesota and that whole area in Wisconsin got hit and slammed with blizzards and we were already, the snow was melting here. So I will say that I don't ever want to return to any of those places. <laughs> no snow for Aaron. No snow for Aaron. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're well. crazy. All right. Well, you know, if you do end up going to, like, Las Vegas area, we got some connections for you. Right, right. I, I would love that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're under caffeinated on Twitter and Instagram, and we would absolutely love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts to help educators like you find us just that much easier. And then if you have any questions for Melody about her book, you can find her at... M-J-M-C-A-L-L-I-M-J-M-Cali um, on Twitter. And then your Instagram handle is different. Oh, gosh. I'll put it it's in It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's red it. right now. I should get a new one. Um, my mentor, Mandy Freilich, says I need to get a new one. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, I really do need to get a new one. It's red, white, and blue cheese. But, um, yeah, it's... That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny. But you can find, I have my new website up and it's mjmccallywrites.com. And that's mjmcalliwrites.com. So. All right. So if you yeah. heard that ticking away, that's me typing it in so that nobody forgets. <laughs> right. Erin, right. thank you so much for letting me come on here today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for joining us. It's been so much fun. I love the good conversation and i'm even drinking a cup of coffee to stay awake <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you everybody